<laughs> Hello, everybody. We're live. Hi. Hello. Uh, we're in the video version of the hack chat that's going on over there. Yes. Over there that you see. Past the keyboards. Let us know if everything's working out with uh, audio and video. Yes. Um, I got a mic. This is Lamar, the Hi. founder and engineer at Adafruit. I'm yes. Phil, the managing director. And as a matter of disclosure, I founded Hackaday, but I have nothing to do with it right now. I'm just a person who works at Adafruit that uh, likes Hackaday, likes the content, likes doing the hack chats, likes Python, likes keyboards. Um, and we can go you through- like a lot of things. I like a lot of things. Good for um, you. And then we'll go through our list of people here. Um, how about Dan, Scott, Katney? Sorry, Jeff. Scott, Katni, Dan, can you can you do your intros? Hi, I'm Jeff Epler. I've been working on CircuitPython for a couple of years now, and I've also enjoyed uh, mechanical keyboards for a long time. Was on a Model M, and now I'm on a self-built keyboard and building more. So, having fun with it. All right. Hello, uh, my name is Scott. I'm the first person to work on MicroPython for Adafruit, which then became CircuitPython. Um, and I've done CircuitPython keyboards a long time. This is one I made early on. This is probably running, I don't know, CircuitPython 1 or 2, um, once we had USB HID support. But I made this. Uh, it has a feather kind of soldered to a custom PCB. Uh, but I do use a keyboardio keyboard um, as my day-to-day -day driver. All right. Um, so I'm Katni. I've been with Adafruit since 2017. Um, I handle the libraries and a lot of the guides uh, that come with all of our products. Uh, in terms of keyboards, uh, I've only been into mechanical keyboards within the last couple years, I guess. Um, and I've never built my own, but I am looking forward to uh, that becoming a lot easier to do, especially with CircuitPython. Uh, and I'm Dan. I've been working on CircuitPython uh, for Adafruit. It'll be four years. Um, next month, August 2017. And uh, in terms of keyboards, I most recently have implemented the native keypad module, which is in the upcoming version of CircuitPython 7.0.0, which has various ways of scanning keyboards fast in the background. OK. All right, I also typed into the hack chat, folks, that or if you're doing video, you also have to do the typing. Yeah, put your interest so in. So put, put, type in a rough estimate because we got to do both. All right. And I'm, I'm Lamar. I'm Lady Ada. I'm the founder and lead engineer at Adafruit. And, uh, you know, historically, I'm not a huge keyboard person, to be honest. Like I, I had like a Dell Quiet key that was really good for a while until uh, my wrist started hurting a little bit too much. Um, but uh, here's, here's one cool thing about keyboards. Uh, they're not affected by the silicon shortage. You know, you can you can get key switches and and mechanical stuff. And so, you know, while we're we're trying, we're kind of living through this this uh, timeline where a lot of chips are not available. Um, I thought we'd spend a few months at Adafruit and focus on keyboards because a lot of people that is their introduction to electronics um, and crafting and making because you know people are using keyboards all the time. Why not have a cool keyboard? So um, we just released a lot of hardware that uses keycaps, key switches, and keyboards, and you'll see it filtering into the Adafruit shop, and of course, libraries and code uh, that are appearing um, on the Adafruit GitHub as well. All right, so Dan, why don't you uh, start getting collect collecting questions? 
Not our Dan. Sorry, not Dan Halbert. I'm Dan, Dan, Dan M. But also people can type any questions they want any time because that's that's kind of what I do. I'm going to type in my, my thing into the chat now. Yeah, and if there are no questions, we'll 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 help kick it off too. Like, why would you? Uh, okay, here's here's stuff. It looks like there's gonna things are coming in. Yeah, well, what I was just typing into the chat was what I like about the way this is working in Circuit Python is actually coding your whole keyboard from top to bottom is really short now. I mean, a program like uh, KMK or QMK is really intimidating, and what you have to write in CircuitPython feels a lot less intimidating to me. So thanks for writing those modules, Dan. It helped bridge okay. a, a gap that we needed to fill. All right, we got some questions. Um, aren't there some chips and keyboards that could be in short supply? And then, so why would someone want to make their own keyboard? So we can answer these in the, yeah. in the chat so, and also here. So really, there's only two chips that we see in DIY keyboards, and that's um, the key scanner slash USB interface. And good news, you can use almost any chip, right? It's not, it's not like, oh, if I need Wi-Fi or Bluetooth, you really need a Wi-Fi or Bluetooth chipset. You know, if you want, if you need something, like it's very hard to replace something like a Nordic or ESP32. Like those are very specific chips. Something that can scan a bunch of keys and emit HID code, there's, it's like pretty much any microcontroller these days. Um, a lot of keyboards even use 8-bit micros, like the Atmega uh, 32U4. Um, and then we are playing around with using the RP2040 uh, because it just got released. And so like it kind of squeezed through this silicon shortage, but it's also got a lot of pins and it's got great USB support with USB. Okay, Lamore's gonna put that in the I'm, chat. I'm prepping, well. but just be aware, I can't type and, and talk at the same time. It is hard. So uh, I decided to make my first keyboard because I wanted to also uh, know the software that went into it and be able to modify it. And while there were some choices out there, um, I ended up finding a 3D printed design and just put an Adafruit microcontroller in it. This is actually the second iteration. This is a fully 3D printed case, uh, no circuit board, just hand wired inside. And I think it's an itsy bitsy M4. And you know, it just gives me control over what is in my keyboard, and I like it. And also, just the exercise, I learned a lot. All right. So and then, Jeff, uh, well, you just did the calculator. Yeah. Mm -hmm. A form of keyboard. <laughs> yeah. So this guy was a recent uh, guide on the Learn system. It has a custom PCB in it, a bunch of diodes, um, and then a Feather microcontroller back behind the display. Um, yeah, that was that was fun. But now I have lots to type into the chat, so bear with me. Yeah. So I answered a question on the chat that was not keyboard related, but I was asking about the future of CircuitPython on the ESP32C3. Yeah. Which is Espresso's uh, upcoming RISC-V core uh, chip. And they were excited because it was both Ely and USB, but that is not in fact the case. Uh, the USB peripheral on the C3 is this weird, like limited serial converter. It is not a full USB peripheral, which means 
we wouldn't be able to use the C3 for USB HAD um, or USB mass storage. So in terms of CircuitPython, the, the answer for how we would get CircuitPython running on the C3 is uh, through BLE, not through USB. And we do have BLE HID support. Like you can, we do. even though I, I personally am not a fan of BLE keyboards, there are sometimes you want them. Um, so if you're using one of our native Bluetooth CircuitPython board, actually even the, the UART friend can do HID. So, um, but the NR5248, of course, supports it wonderfully. And then, uh, Dan, did we get BLE, we didn't get BLE Classic working or BLE HID working on the ESP32 S2, right? That was ESP32 airlift, I think. Um, it's only, I think it's, a, is it only Matt, is it only BLE central right now? I can't remember. I don't remember. I think it's pretty yeah, much, I can't remember. Matthew, the NRF52840, it's, it's yeah. a good chip though. And then uh, Dan asks uh, about whether we would use uh, shift registers for keyboards. Isn't that another chip? And the answer is actually no. Most uh, most keyboards I've seen do not use shift registers. Um, they use a key scan matrix, which means you only need diodes, which is a lot cheaper um, and a lot uh, easier to manage because you don't need a chip and pull-ups um, for every single input to the um, 74X series. So, uh, you know, I have done key key matrices with 74 logic, like the Zoxbox used 74HC 165s. In hindsight, I don't know why I did that other than I think I actually ran out of pins, um, but it's pretty rare. Usually people use key matrices. And then I think there was a question that came by, maybe I'll answered it is, uh, or maybe Dan did. Um, it was, any progress on the US QWERTY keyboard mapping in CircuitPython, something friendly for a developer to create mapping for their country language? I think, Dan, did you answer that one? Yeah, so we, right now, we, we put the Adafruit HID library, we freeze it into some builds, like specifically the Circuit Playground Express, and that build is really full right now. So it would be nice to add more keyboard layouts to that library. Uh, we can't do that right now because it would make it just too big. So we'd like to uh, do some refactoring in that library and enable adding extra libraries that do non-US layouts, but still rely on the base code that's in that library. And that's kind of in progress, but in suspended animation right now. There's some discussion going on in the issues in the Adafruit HID library, if you'd like to take a look. All right, this one is from George. I'm gonna, I typed it in, I'm gonna answer it. It says, I love the idea of CircuitPython to create your own custom keyboards or macros. My son can now follow up and make his own changes without having to compile or try to understand traditional programming languages such as C just to get started. Yeah, that's the cool part is you get that first like five minute experience where you can make your own thing and then you can dig deeper for as long as you want to go all the way down to the metal or you can just focus on, I want my keyboard to do certain things and here's an easy way to get it going. One of the ideas we have is you could start off with something very simple, like a, a one of the rulers that we have, just to make like a macro thing. Then you move your way up to making maybe your own macro pad. Maybe you make a calculator, maybe you make your own full-size keyboard. And then the other thing we're working on is a digital camera um, with CircuitPython. And maybe even after that, you can make your own cell phone. Um, so there's a lot of things that 
you get the like, I just want to make a project, but then there's a, I want to learn everything about how all this works. And you can decide how deep you want to go in to each different um, form factor. Um, mm. Even with like Pi Portal, we did that. There's like different, yeah. you know, there's different. No, yeah. And, it, and, and then like the Pi Portal sort of like led into multiple other products. What I think is interesting about the keyboard effort is we're kind of using that as an, like an excuse to kind of do a bunch of development things that we've been meaning to do, like customize USB descriptors. That's something that's been on our list since like day three, right? Like as soon as we got USB working, we're like, well, what if you could like customize it on the fly? And then, you know, that took a couple of years to implement, yeah. but now we have it so you can enable and disable dynamically, like at boot, uh, rather, you know, in CircuitPython rather than at, at compile time. Okay. Um, I'm I'm gonna grab a. Oh no, I can't because they don't let you copy and paste it. I'm was, I'm gonna grab a question from YouTube. Um, does can the library allow for an easy way to connect multiple controllers? I really like my Iris keyboard and would like to make uh, more custom split keyboards. It's for y'all who are working on the keyboard. So I just replied in the chat in the YouTube chat, and this is something I've thought a lot about actually, um, and I don't think we have a good answer yet, um, but. Uh, one thing, so I have a split keyboard as well. I use a keyboardio and it's like attached to my desk because otherwise I'd show you. Um, but I've been thinking a lot about how to coordinate kind of all our input devices, not just, um, not just a keyboard. So it, I think one thing we should point out is that HID is short for human interface device. And that's not just keyboards, but that also includes uh, like a mouse and a gamepad, so joysticks and things like that. So it's it's a bit broader. It's kind of like any way you interact with your computer. So I've I've thought a lot about how I would coordinate like my trackball with my keyboard. Um, that's something I've like hacked together uh, myself. But I would love to see a more generic way uh, of coordinating the things. And I think that the work that Lamar did with the um, the like Stemma one by four is kind of the direction I would probably go. Is just like using I squared C for like one, the thing that talks USB would I squared C over to the other things, that sort of thing. Yeah, interchip communication kind of, it kind of sucks. I think I squared C is a good, uh, we do have I squared C peripheral, right? For most, I think we have it for almost all chips. Maybe only like one chip doesn't have it because it doesn't- Not for the RB2040, I don't yeah. think. Yeah. Uh, but you can also use UART. UART is a reasonable way to talk to bad. Yeah. Uh, because the nice thing about UART is that like, uh, peers are peers. There's not like one uh, thing that's orchestrating the other thing. Um, so UART is generally a, a good way to coordinate between between microcontrollers as well. Yeah. Over at KMK, they've been talking about this. And apparently the standard, to the extent there is one, is just three wires because they have TRS um, mm -hmm. jacks. And so you only have one data line left. And if you want to do LEDs on the secondary part, then you need bi-directional communication over one line. And that is, has been a challenge to them. You can do, I know, you know, look, uh, asynchronous UART will work just fine over And one you put band. a couple resistors to bridge them onto the same line or something? No, you just tie, uh, yeah, you tie RX and TX together, except you put like a 1K resistor. What's funny is the UPVI stuff that I've been like trying to get finished for the AVR, that's where you program it. It's it's uh, asynchronous UART with a resistor in line so that you know the chip can drive the TX line. Mm -hmm. So it's like the one K is in series. Um, honestly, I would just use a TRS connector. Right? I mean, like they exist and they're they're inexpensive and they're common. So like this is this is where I would say like a hardware 
fix would be better because then you could use either U art or I squared C. Mm -hmm. um, another one that came in is from Thomas in the hack chat. Random thought, HID gateway bridge to which the key presses events can be sent to uh, sent via UART or other ways. Uh, the same interface for USB and Bluetooth chips. So that one out. Um, actually, while we're doing this too, um, hey, Katni, you've been doing a bunch of guides for the macro pad. What was, yeah. the, what was the latest one that you did? Um, the latest one I wrote code for was actually one that was a 3D printing project. Uh, with Braille keycaps. Right, that's the one we released today. Yeah, and the code uh, lights up each key that you press and also plays a tone. So if you um, perhaps can't read the, the things on the display all that well, you can associate the key with the tone and um, it just provides another level of, of accessibility to it. All right, David asks, how flexible is that USB HID descriptor feature? Uh, Dan, why don't you answer? <laughs> Wait, Dan, Dan's distracted by his family or cat. All right, by Dan. But basically, he's, Dan replies yes. <laughs> um, so the, the, HID, HID, the custom HID descriptor feature is, is fully complete. Like, you can really do anything you want. Um, the challenge is you will have to figure out what that descriptor is. And, like, from the experiences I've had, it's kind of a pain in the ass to, like, determine what the descriptor is supposed to be unless you can like sniff it from an existing USB device. So um, that part's annoying, but you can, you can type it in. Check out the Microsoft dial, which I thought was a good example because it's simple. Uh, it's just like a rotary encoder and then a button, I think, or two buttons. Um, so that's a good example. What about software that looks at a VID and PID pair? I mean, that still won't work. What do you mean? Right. Like well, if it says, oh, this isn't a uh, my vendor ID device, so I'm not going to use it. I, or is seen, that uncommon? I think it's like a little uncommon, to be honest. Usually, they don't do that kind of filtering. They just look for the HID device that matches. So far, I've, I've I, I think Dan, Dan for the Microsoft app, we didn't have to match their PID, right? I, I, I'm pretty sure you use the VID PID that you got. That's right. It yeah. doesn't really matter, right? As long as as long as the HID descriptor is what they what they expect, then that's fine. Uh, yeah, the only time I've ever seen something, I, I rarely, I have seen things locked to PIDs, but it's rare and it's usually, it's not for HID devices, <laughs> let's put it that yeah, way. Actually, a fun story from the past, um, and tell me if I got this right, Palm wanted to have music show up on their Palm devices and they wanted to use iTunes, so they uh, had their Palm device uh, show up as an iPod and the VID PID, and Apple said, you cannot call your Palm iPod. And that was one of the time, that was, is that, did I, did I recant that story? That right. was, I think, one of the, the, that was like the first time it, it really became an issue. I know that there's a couple other times, I remember I was spoofing something, and I remember that I had to, yeah. I had to spoof the VID PID, because I remember doing it, I just don't recall what device it was, but it was. This is a long time ago. This but it wasn't an HID descriptor thing, really, usually, because it's risky, because oftentimes if a company has, you know, a, a something that's an HID descriptor, they want other companies to make accessories for their products. They don't usually do locking. Oh, what's 
Great. Uh, 2009 Hackaday has a Palm Pre iPod spoofy, spoofing confirmed. So thanks, thanks Jepler. I don't think I wrote yeah, it. So you can find the details. Some site called Hackaday wrote about it. Yeah. You know, it's funny is I'm just like, well, 2009, I'm like, where was I? Was I still doing stuff with Hackaday then? Okay, so I'm going to put this in the chat. This is cool. I will say that there are some devices that look like kind of like HID devices, like an Xbox controller that's not really. It's like its own proprietary thing. So, you know, those are much harder to emulate and we don't we are not trying to emulate those. Yeah, like we have PS2 support, but only for reading PS2. I don't think we have an, a PS2 emitter. Right, Scott? Or do we have a We only have reading PS2. More I don't know. <laughs> The implementation we have in CircuitPython is different than the implementation that I used when I was doing PS2 input. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know what this person means by analog keyboard. I would assume it means PS2, but maybe not. Uh, they mean for the like Mac Plus? <laughs> well, no, like somebody in the chat is saying like, has anyone made an analog keyboard? No, that's what I'm saying. It's like, I, you know, maybe. Oh, maybe. there are. Music keyboards that look sort of like analog keyboards. They're not really. They use analog features. Joysticks are, are analog, which I always thought was really funny. Like, like they're, you know, they use the, the capacitive, the capacitor charging technique to do timing. Because, like, hmm. there's no ADCs, so they did that instead. Huh. Yeah, it's, like, really weird. Like, it's, it's definitely weirder than, like, you'd think it would have been, like, an analog digital converter, but it's not. They actually did capacitive, um, charging timing and i think it probably went into like you know uh uh what's it called a um co uh, comparator let's, let's also remind people like keyboard could mean music keyboard too you know we're talking about sure. typing keyboards but there are uses we do we just have we have a brand new project for instance that's uh doing sending midi stuff uh, on our using our macro pad, new, new macro pad, and so think about keyboard in the broadest sense. We have capabilities, the same, the same keypad scanning code being used for, for yeah. keyboards as for typing keyboards. Yeah, uh, I think even JP, his project, his Ableton Live uh, controller, uh, used pure MIDI because that's actually the way you send and receive commands, and so. You, you send the MIDI commands from the key presses, but on the other side, the LEDs are controlled over like MIDI CC or SysX messages as well. So, um, you know, you, you know, uh, lots of uh, music software can be automated and controlled with MIDI as well. Okay, we don't have a lot of questions. You want me to show off some, some hardware maybe? Because we're getting... We're getting close to the end. So let's end. show off some hardware. We're going to go to our overhead screen. Well, I'm going to zoom this out. Okay. You're going to zoom out. And uh, I'm going to... I'm going to show off this... Um... All right, you want me to plug this in, right? Yeah, plug it in. World, world premiere. Okay. So this is... This is 16 years in the making. Yeah, so we've got, this is, you know, a, a, uh, one of our- Move it over a little bit. What do you mean, move it over? And so it's like more in the center. And I'm gonna move, I'm gonna move this off. Oh yeah, Phil, you should switch to uh, yeah. you being the main video. 
Oh man. The ship who says embiggen. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Okay. So um, when I started Hackaday, I had this like Hackaday manifesto of all these things that I wanted to do. And one of them was uh, a Hackaday keycap. Um, it was 16 years ago. It just wasn't really possible. There was other things like calendars and events and, you know, learning systems. So you could tell uh, I have the same bag of trick <laughs> tricks wherever I go and what I want to do. Um, but we made uh, just a few. We wanted to, I wanted to send these to the Hackaday staff. And uh, I sent a note to Dan um, and said, hey, can we give some of these away? So this is... Uh, I think the first time we showed them off, they're never going to be for sale. Um, this is just a, a fun thing that we made while, while we're making custom keycaps. Okay, can I zoom out? Yeah, that, yeah zoom out. I okay. accidentally left the little UI element on the uh, overhead. I'll get rid of that one. Well, whatever. Nobody, nobody can tell. I can tell. All right. And then we've got... Um, this was just going to run a demo with the, uh, you know, we have a, a one main guide that shows um, how to make, you know, an uh, automatic um, key press controller for various apps. Then you can use the rotary encoder to change uh, what program. And then the, um, you know, the key mapping is displayed over here. So you can, I don't want to type this in because it might mess up my computer and like automatically send some control codes. Um, but, you know, you can customize the LEDs underneath so we're doing glow through led design and then um the bottom uh we our first batch didn't have this um this didn't come out like our, our proto house kind of deleted our design that's okay but the second revision has this cool like voyager space disc copper etching into the uh into the pcb and some great silkscreen art as well so we think you know it's like if you're gonna have a keyboard you might as well have some cool artwork to go with it um one person asked, and I answered in the chat, uh, can you share where we got these keycaps? If the design partner we have is okay with it, then we can. But how we have to work now is we'll ask before we, here's their contact information because they'll get a bunch of inquiries. They may or may not want to do it. They, they really like to have people they already do stuff with. So if they say yes, we'll say, here you go, and show you how to get a hold of them. Yeah, and then this is a, uh, a breakout board that we just made. So this is a snap-apart um, ortholinear key matrix. So each, each key is a diode matrix. So you've got the columns and the rows um, over here. And then, um, you know, there's these little snap-apart bridges that you can uh, just cut open with diagonal cutters or your hands if you're strong um, and socketed keys. I really like these key sockets because... Um, I think, you know, letting people easily swap out keys is um, pretty nice because people have different desires for keys. They don't want to solder them. And, and the key uh, sockets are inexpensive. They're only, you know, they're basically pennies a piece. So you can. And um, we'll have these on our site later, but we have an Adafruit keycap. No, they're um, on the site now. We oh, they're on the site now. Yeah. We have the um, community-made open source hardware logo, the gear logo that uh, you've probably seen around. And we also, yeah, um, e even though it's not the Oshawa logo, we donate and sponsor the Open Source Hardware Association and the Open Hardware Summit. And what we'll do is we'll continue to donate 
some of the sales from that key, even though it's not the, the logo. Yeah, hold on, let me get the Adafruit one. Um, so here we have a little Adafruit one. Super, I love these etched through keycaps. I think they're so they're so cool looking because I think a lot of people have, um, you know, a lot of people do have these pudding caps, you know, they, these these glow through types. So I thought this is like a nice little add on where you can, it's just custom etched through with like a, a fiber laser. Um, but we found a keycap maker that were like, okay, if we send you the art, you'll just make it for us. And they, they're like, yeah, sure, send whatever. Uh, as long as the art is, you know, of course, monochromatic and, and pretty, um, you know, uh, crisp, you know, and large, um, it comes out quite nicely. So this is kind of my favorite new thing is, is custom, custom etched keycaps. Yeah. So for, for folks trying to fill out the form, uh, give it another shot. There is a permission error. Yeah. And I'll say this on video and then I'll put it in the chat. Um, when Hackaday picks you as a winner and I send you a keycap, I will never do anything with your address or email or anything, but I do need that eventually to send it to you. Um, if it's international, it's physical. <laughs> yeah. if it's international, um, we'll call it a gift because that's what it is. And um, just know that international shipping on things is getting more difficult for stuff. There's always like a tax or fee, but this is just like a little tiny camp. Um, but just know that we would never do anything like sign you up for newsletters. I'd never, I'm going to destroy the emails and addresses the second I send it out. I hope that, oh, let me type that in too. All right, cool. All right, last shot for questions, folks, because we're, we're rolling out. I store your email address uh, or any, any info at all. Um, yeah, you know, one side note. So when we started Adafruit Daily, which is our newsletter thing, um, a lot of folks were testing to see if like it was connected to Adafruit Store in any way. So they would make up, you know, like an, an, an address that would like Adafruit Daily Newsletter Plus, you could do that trick with uh, Gmail. And we've never spammed anyone, so it's been, you know, How seven do you years scroll? Um, let me put this back on us, by the way, because okay. now it's just like a keycap thing. Yeah. Oop. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and scrolling, if you want, you have to use both fingers. I did, um, so. but it, it refreshed. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, there's, a there's a couple more. Nope. I think that's it. I think we're, I think we're good. Well, there was the question, are we going to do mice next? Yeah. There's a mice. There, no. There's a mice project called Ploopy, Ploopy? that's 3D printed. Ploopy. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about, right? Oh, okay, well. They make trackballs too. <laughs> all right, ball. well. It's my daily driver, I recommend it. This is why we all get along because, so I follow them on Reddit and I, I, it's a really neat open source mouse. Yeah, yeah. And um, I've been I, meaning to ask, I, I need to DM them and be like, can we work together or something? Yeah. This needs um, a tripod mount for one. It's on my list, Scott, to uh, talk to you about. Okay. So now I just did. All right, Katni, you had a, a thing that you want me to show this in the other show your thing? Yeah, sure. This I pulled is, it up. Uh, show and tell here. So Ooh. one of the things that 
uh, a lot of mechanical LED keyboards do is when you press a key, it can sort of spray out an animation. This is a very early version of that, but it's part of the LED animation library, or it will be eventually, where you press a key and that key then becomes the center of the spread out animation. That's cool. I like it. Good work. Thanks. Did y'all see the um, the flippy dot thing where that's uh, just making the rounds where it looks it looks like it's pouring in and it's making the sounds as well? You know what I'm talking about? I haven't heard of that. All right, I sent it to one of our team members to to blog it, so we'll, you'll see it soon. It's those flippy dots that make a, a noise when they they flip. They're like the train terminal ones and the, I guess someone coded it up so it looks like you pour you pour the liquid in and it like it's making the swooshy things but it's doing with the numbers uh, I just realized cool. that would have been the hardest Pictionary one to do so <laughs> I know what you're talking about I saw it go by yeah okay well thanks everybody I think that's it so let's uh, let me ask Dan. Thanks, everyone. Flippy dot, yeah. On <clears throat> matrix scan and Cuban. Let's see if he's going to do the winners now. We do have a uh, Discord server as well if folks have more questions for us. We do. Oh, he's going to do the drawing now. Okay, here we go. How many are we giving away? 10. Okay. I'm gonna um, free key caps. Free key caps. Yeah, and you're. I gonna, hope Dan is like I win all ten of them. <laughs> How else would you make a keyboard? That's what you're gonna win, and uh, these are the most limited thing I can think of because this is it. Yeah, we're not making more of these. This is a this was a one one shot deal. Unless unless Hackaday wants to sell or give them away, they can do it, of course. Um. This is just special for yeah. this this hack chat. If if Hackaday Supply Frame Siemens says okay to do these, um, we would do more, but I'm not gonna without permission. I'm not gonna do it. No. Keep 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 keep. Is that our new song? Keep keep keep. All right. I think it could be. Could we have to get the where's the keyboard? Buddy, we have to get back to that. We have a bunch of characters that are waiting in the wings. Yeah. Sometimes literally. Yeah. Dan says yeah. how many? Ten? The the character the, the challenge with some of the characters that we're doing. Dan's asking how many. Oh, how many ten? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. No, you don't have to answer. Oh. The challenge with some of the characters that some of y'all have seen is for the e-ink, um, the obvious thing to do was a squid or an octopus, but Pimeroni has um, inky fat and they had a little octopus. So I emailed them, I said, hey, like, our designers are like, hey, can we do an octopus or whatever? I'm just like, well, like, cause they, they didn't know about Pimeroni's thing. And I asked Pimeroni like, yeah, that's fine. But then I'm just like, well, like we don't have a panda and that's black and white. And then um, we saw, the orca. we saw the, the commercial for Shark Week. <laughs> and I'm just like, we don't have an orca. Even though we know orcas are not sharks, okay? Yeah, yeah. It was just. The, but we were thinking it was about. On, they were talking about sharks on Shark Week. And we're talking, they're talking about how orcas like and, mess up and sharks. Orcas sometimes. are way worse than sharks. Way worse. Um, 
I mean, if you ask a shark, that's what it is. Yeah, they're you like, I don't, they're not good friends. You can ask with an orca, orcas. an orca would say, okay. Orcas are like, we're best buds with everyone. We have to do them in groups of five. Okay, so Derek won, Deshi Poo won, Fernando won, you draw one, George won. Okay, good. These are all good. Great. We just need your. your yeah, the Hackaday is going to send it to me. Yeah. It will only be used for this and then immediately destroyed. <laughs> destroyed. That's right. When we, we had a product that we uh, retired once and it had a really big sign up and um, someone said, well, you're just going to, you know, keep the signups and, and, and send me spam one day. So I made sure that I made a video and I blurred out the, the, the information, but I showed that we actually deleted everything. <laughs> and that worked. hand one twice. And that worked. Or David did too. Or no. Okay. Nolan Moore, Morgan. Stephen M. Potter, Ferdinand again. Fernando won twice. Ferdinand. With two keys, maybe. I don't know. How could he have to decide? I think Dan will have to draw one more. All right. One winner per winner. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Duester. So, Snapple, oh, should I, I start uh, making resin cast keycaps? Because I need a new hobby. Yeah, you can get into that. We we just put in the resin uh, key cap molds, and I know and Pedro, I think, are going to be doing a guide. Yeah, I'll be so waiting for the fun. list of what forgot, else I need like to buy. The one buy. thing I forgot to do today was I have a couple resin caps, key caps at home that I forgot to bring in, but we'll do another video for them and, and, and show them off. But they're they're super fun. You just definitely, definitely want to have uh, UV resin mm -hmm. and a UV lamp. You do not want to use the two-part um, non-UV resin. It, it just, you'll want to die. It's really it's really miserable to use. Yeah, are the molds single use or reusable? Are the what? Oh no, the they, you, can, you can pour them out. I mean, okay. it, it, just, it just comes right out. That's one of the nice things about the silicone, the UV. It just like you even pop it from the bottom, and it just like comes. Out. I mean, they they have extra because you need to have the physical support, but you can reuse them as you know many times as you want, as long as you use like proper resin and it's cured. Of course, it's not cured. It's going to stick to the side, so you have to cure it, which is why, again, I really recommend going to UV. Uh -huh. I also think, like, you have to get through the, like, what am I going to put in this resin? And I think, like, chips are kind of nice. Like, there's, there's, like, not so many things, like, what, what makes sense to sink inside of a, a piece of resin, unless it's just going to be, like, a pattern or just, you know, colors and glitter. I think chips are kind of neat, like old retro chips that you can find or, like, individual components that that look interesting like colors yeah, pour a bunch of 805 right? resistors in it'll it'll look yeah nice. all right let's get out of here because we gotta get we gotta get we gotta go all, all right. right thanks everybody okay thanks we're all. gonna be ready for our show soon we got we got lots of shows tonight maybe mm -hmm. see some of you on show and tell yeah there'll be keeps come by with your keeps all right i'm non-keeps i am hitting in broadcast we'll see everybody later bye. Later. Bye. Later. later